the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and many challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, you may or may not be aware that there is a war raging all around us. It's not a war of guns and missiles. However, in the end, it may prove to be just as deadly. It's not a war over land and territories, but it is a war to capture and influence the hearts and minds of our society. It is a cultural war. Tonight, we begin a new series talking about 10 cultural and current issues that affect us as individuals, that affect our families, our churches, our communities, and our world at large. These cultural and current issues not only affect us, but can lead us in the wrong direction, away from God and our fellow man. The real issue is how do we respond to these 10 cultural and current issues from a biblical and apologetic perspective? Well, to the answer to this and much, much more, we are not pretending, but we are contending for the faith. So stay tuned and don't go away. Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight? Brother Gary, I am truly blessed. And thank you so much for that uh, challenging and uplifting uh, introduction. I know that a lot of people got blessed by that as well as myself. And uh, I tell you, this uh, new series that we are doing and starting tonight, the devil don't like it because you went through a whole lot with your uh, phone. And then now I'm having some problems with uh, my computer. And so we have to use my phone and hopefully people are hearing me loud and clear. But uh, the good news is the devil is a defeated foe. But it lets us know that he hates what we're doing, and we must be doing something right, Brother Gary. So uh, thank you for the earlier. And we pray for uh, everybody out there to pray for us as well, that things will continue to go uh, smooth at what we're doing. All right. Um, As Brother Gary said, uh, we're starting a new series. And uh, I want to kind of subtitle this uh, under this series. Not woke up, but awaken up. Not woke up, but awaken up. I want you to notice the differences between those two words, because there's so much emphasis on the word woke. And uh, so my subtitle under this title is uh, not woke up, but awaken up. Now, by way of introduction, uh, I want to say that are you woke or awakened? 
and our current culture uses the word woke a lot, but the Bible, now this is interesting, the Bible uses the word awake, awake, and you have a choice between using uh, what the culture uh, defines uh, or what the Bible defines. Now, uh, if you look in your Bibles, you know, we are a Bible-driven ministry contending for the faith, and we don't base it upon Buckner, but Bible, and we don't base it upon feelings, uh, but faith. And so uh, we see that in Romans chapter 13. Uh, if you care to look at that, Romans chapter 13 and verse 11, Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. Uh, it says there in this verse of scripture, uh, and that knowing, now this is very important for us when the Apostle Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, uses the word knowing, you better know it without a question of a doubt. You know, one of the, the curse of the church today is biblical illiteracy. And it's not bad being ignorant, but it's only bad when you want to stay ignorant. And that, and that knowing, now, he mentions this word time two times. Knowing the time, that now is high time. There's the word again. To awake out of sleep, because there's a lot of people sleeping, sleeping with complacency, sleeping with, uh, you know, ignorance, sleeping with uh, not a desire, heart after God. You can be not only physically asleep, but you can be spiritually asleep. Paul is talking about being spiritually asleep. But now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The Apostle Paul uses the word time two times to get the point across to awake us up out of sleep before it is too late. And a lot of people are going to sleep themselves spiritually into an eternity separated from God throughout eternity, and that is hell. And you don't want to do that, my friend. Now, uh, it's interesting that the Apostle Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, uses the word awake. Now, that's the word that we want to use today in our culture. We don't want to use the word woke, but awake. And I challenge all of you out there to define your terminology under Christian terminology and your linguistical language under Christian terminology. Now, the Apostle Paul is trying to get a point across to us on the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, Romans chapter 13 and verse 11, uh, this is an important point for me to share with you was my first sermon text that I preached on when I was called into the ministry at 18 years of age. I entitled my sermon title as, It's High Time to Awake. High Time to Awake. What a sermon title. And my mother surprised me. My mother just turned 96. She lives in Bakersfield, California, a godly mother. My mother surprised me and told me my grandfather, Boyd Smith, her father, preached on the same text with the same title. 
I was blown away. You mean to tell me that the sermon title, my first sermon title, It's High Time to Awake, was the same sermon title that my grandfather preached on? That is not by accident, but by God's providence. My mother was so blessed, and she had a cheerful face on her face. Now, this uh, this is an important point here. Uh, I'm still messing with my introduction. Hopefully, I can get to my body. Bill Mahar, most of you have heard of Bill Mahar, who is an atheist and has been outspoken against religion and especially Christianity, and consider himself a progressive liberal. However, not too long ago on his popular show, Real Time with Bill Maher, he lambasted the Olympics for its wokeness, and he used strong language in the video, which uh, is not Christian and appropriate. Bill Maher even linked the woke action to Stalin, a communistic reign of censorship and terror. He cited the cultural appropriation and blamed cancer culture for forcing several officials to resign for small things said or done decades ago. He jokingly called the Olympics the um, bomber games, the bomber games. Bill Maher said, if the state and the mob controls the meaning of truth and language and is able to force citizens to believe that two plus two equals five, then completed uh, completed tyranny reigns. Tyranny can grow from the right or the left. Now, all of this came from an atheistic liberal progressive who is sick and tired of the cultural and current woke world that we are living in. Even the famous billionaire Elon Musk has awakened He's jumped out of the awoke mentality and awakened, just like the Bible says, to the current cultural woke world that we are living in and has spoken out and has been severely persecuted for his views and position. Now, because of globalization and the Internet, and because Internet lies can travel across the world before truth can get its boots on, and marching and protesting around the world with God not being in the center of what they are doing and trying to achieve it has spoken Pandora's box to the 10 current cultural things that has nothing to do with God and the word of God. So my question is, what are those 10 current cultural issues that has influenced us away from God and the word of God? We see that in Hollywood, you don't hardly ever hear the name of God anymore, Jesus. When they have all these get-togethers in Hollywood, a lot of the political world don't mention God. Sports world, even people who win, in the sports world, very few will mention God and thank Jesus for what they have accomplished. Now, so number one, and I'm just going to get into this a little bit right now because my time is almost up. I only generally give 15 minutes and uh, of time with a message each Saturday. 
Number one, postmodern relativism. That's what I'm going to say as number one, postmodern relativism. What does the word postmodernism mean? It means that the world today, most of the people in the world today, don't believe in a divine absolute. That means a divine God. Postmodernism as a worldview rejects also the hyper-rationalist perspective that came before it. Modernism, which is relativism, relativism tends to follow postmodernism. Isn't that interesting? And holds a claim, quote, a claim is true relative to the beliefs and valuations of individual or group that accepts it. So they act as God in saying their beliefs, views, valuations is better or superior to God and his word and the Bible. You have so many people when you ask them, are you Christian? No, I'm not Christian. I'm into spirituality. See, a lot of them, people have fallen for postmodernism. Don't ever forget that word. And uh, we have today the transgender claim. I am a woman in a man's body. And that makes sense to the postmodern culture because the claim is true and relative to the individual and the group, regardless of its objective, factual standing coming from the word of God. I'm almost done with this. Romans chapter one, read it sometime. Romans chapter one, where God says it is a sin to change the natural to the unnatural. And that is why God gave them up to a reprobate mind. This is a bad state to be in that Romans chapter one talks about a reprobate mind. And even second Thessalonians chapter two says that because they have rejected the truth, God has sent them strong delusions that they would believe a lie than the truth. Another example of postmodern relativism is the idea of relevance is that with the, even the president of the United States, Biden, he pushed for requiring hospitals to provide sex change operations and procedures everywhere. These are all abominations according to God's word. God, the Bible, condemns these sinful postmodern relativism lifestyles and says in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, those who practice this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, Buckner didn't say that. That's the Bible. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, those who practice this lifestyle will not enter into the kingdom of God. If God wanted somebody to be with a man and another man or a woman with another one, he would have created Adam and, Adam and Steve or Eve and B. A man is always changing with the current culture. Be watchful, prayerful about these demonic changes. The war between the two seas, Christ and culture, always remember in the midst of all of these current cultural changes, these are, these are three scriptures I want to give you in closing. That God never changes. Malachi 3 and 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Number two, God's word never changes. Hebrews 13 and 8, and Jesus never changes. God and, well, actually Jesus, I'm going to say number two, Jesus never changes. Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then number three, the Bible says that God's word will stand forever. It doesn't change. Uh, Isaiah 40 and 8, 
the word of our God will stand forever. And may you stand forever in the word of God and stand for truth in the midst of the line. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. And may your heart turn to Jesus with repentance today and surrender to him as king of your life, as Lord and ruler of your life. Brother Gary. Well, all right. It's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. So don't be shy. Take that phone up and give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry O. Buckner. <clears throat> My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, your comments, and your concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 So don't be shy. Pick up that phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, the number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. <clears throat> so we will, you know, we're always thankful for the folks that have been praying for this broadcast for the many, many years that we've been on the air. It is so vital that you continue to pray for contending for the faith. We're here doing the work that God has called us to do, and uh, we are storming the gates of hell, and it is no easy task. As you can hear tonight, we've had some technical difficulties because the enemy does not like what we're doing, and that just lets us know that we're on the right track. And so we know for a fact, without your prayers, we wouldn't be able to succeed in what we're trying to do. We need those prayers continuously going and forward and going up, as well as we need your uh, financial support to do this ministry. Uh, it's vitally important that you continue to pray and as well as continue to give. This is a listener-supported ministry, and without that support, we could not continue to be on the air. And there are two ways that you can donate. Number one, you can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, excuse me, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. So we want to encourage you, um, continue to pray and continue to be consistent in giving, continue to be consistent in prayer 
And we want to encourage you as well to take advantage of our podcast. You can find them on kfax.com's website, uh, top of the banner under Contending for the Faith. So if you've missed any of our broadcasts, any of the uh, various series that we've done, all those episodes are now converted into a podcast that you can download, utilize for Bible study, utilize for Sunday school, um, whatever you're, it's a great, great resource, whatever you need. So we want to encourage you to take advantage of that. And uh, once again, we want to encourage you to keep praying for this ministry, keep praying for contending for the faith so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do. Dr. Buckner, you ready to go to the callers? Yeah, let's do that, Brother Gary. Okay, we have Sophia, who's been holding on patiently. Sophia, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. How are you doing, Sophia? Well, I tell you, I I have to calm myself down because I will get to my question in a second. I know so many people want to get through, but Dr. Buckner, that opening should be heard every church, every high school, every college. I left Russia, and I cry every day. Every day I get on the phone. I don't mean I get on the phone. I, I listen to the radio, or I don't even have a television anymore. I cry. I say, wait a minute, am I in the United States anymore, or am I back in Russia? Because more and more our freedoms are being taken away. And your message today speaks to me in a way I can't even tell you. So thank you so much. God bless you. God bless contending for the faith. Couldn't be more timely and important. I have, I'm, I'm shaking from it. That was a drop-the-mic, as they say, moment, and that was so powerful and so important right now. So I want to say that right off the bat. Now, Well, thank you so much for your encouraging words, and uh, we appreciate it, and it means a lot to us because we uh, always ask the Lord to lead us to uh, not only uh, be used of God, but to give reasons and answers, as it says in First Peter 3 and 15. It is a command. And we want to give some answers for the current issues we're facing today. And this is just the beginning as I continue to teach on these nine cultural current problems today. You're going to continue to be blessed. So thank you for your encouraging words. And what's on your heart tonight? Well, uh, strangely enough, what i try to be as clear as I can, quick as I can, you know, you've already taught me, and all of the listeners, of course, you talk about, well, we have to pay attention, like you said earlier, if we have ears, let us hear. And, you know, otherwise, we're going to be, as you say, taken to the woodshed. Thank heavens we have a father who disciplines us, who loves us so much, and because that's what a good father does. But what I have discovered since your teaching is something, and I want to be clear about it, because you are so right. You say you are the clear Word of God, and that's why I listen to Contending for the Faith, because you cannot listen to just anybody. It has to be based on the Word of God and nothing else. So what I have discovered, and you tell me if it's correct doctrinally, whatever that word is. Now, I've, I've learned to listen. Sometimes I have to be taken to the woodshed, and, and really, you know, I feel this conviction um, it just happened the other day, but now I am so in tune, or at least I try to be, that I hear, like yesterday I was about to say something, and the Holy Spirit convicted me. So now I have learned to listen to the Holy Spirit, and that's my question, um, who, who kind of warns me. It's like, a, it's like a, a red light goes on. 
and the red flag goes up, whatever you want to call it. They say, uh, 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 don't do that. I'm telling you, I'm giving you a warning, but you continue to do that, you will go back to the woodshed. So what I'm asking you is, is it correct? To me, I think that because the Holy Spirit dwells inside of me, that I, I say, you know, thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for uh, protecting me and, and guiding me and correcting me when needed. But I want to make sure that that's the correct way, that it's the Holy Spirit that is giving me that, that sense of conviction so I don't have to be disciplined as strongly as the Lord might have to if I'm not listening. Or is it, God, is it, is it okay to, 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 to say to the Holy Spirit as opposed to I speak to the Father, can I say, Holy Spirit, thank you for, for your conviction. Is that correct doctrinally? Oh, yes, exactly, because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. So you have God, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And Jesus came, Old Testament, God the Father was the Comforter. And mm-hmm. when Jesus came, he became the Comforter. And then he said, when I go away, I will not leave you comfortless, but I'll send you a comforter, and he will guide you. That's a word that you mentioned, and you want to look at John chapters 14 through 16. Okay. Because all the things that talk about the Holy Spirit, Jesus mentions in that list of things that the Holy Spirit will do. And so the Holy Spirit, uh, when we look at John uh, 14 through uh, 16, uh, you know, it talks about in verse John fourteen twenty six, and but the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will mm-hmm. teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Mm-hmm. And then, as you continue uh, in looking at this, it, it talks about in John sixteen um, verses uh, ten through uh, thirteen that he talks about the Holy Spirit will convict the world, convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and Mm -hmm. that uh, in verse 13, and guide you into all truth. Mm -hmm. And so you can, uh, we always go to the Father, um, because Jesus, uh, when we pray, they were asking Jesus how to pray. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jesus had taught them to, to pray in his name when he's on earth, but he was uh, at times, but he started telling them to pray to the Father mm-hmm. uh, because asked them, how should we pray? What's the right way to pray? So he gives them the prayer in, in Matthew 6, our Father, which are in heaven. So we right. can go before the Father, and we, as we uh, make our petitions before the Father, we ask that God the Holy Spirit, we ask the Father that God the Holy Spirit will teach us, guide us, and empower us, because he's come to not only fill us, uh, not only to indwell us, but he's come to infill us uh, with power. And that's where we get the word exousia, which is authority. That's one word for power, and uh, John 1 and 12. And then we have Acts 1 and 8, where it says, when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, he shall uh, give you power for witnessing and witness bearing. So the Holy Spirit's got a lot of areas that he deals with us on. Uh, He ministers to us uh, in our weaknesses. He he brings us to truth. He convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And uh, the Holy Spirit does all of that. And so 
we don't give enough uh, acknowledgement to the Holy Spirit who is here in Jesus' name uh, because we have been conditioned so much to uh, Jesus, Jesus, and that's good, but all three persons of the Godhead are involved in our lives, and today the Holy Spirit uh, is the one that Jesus says uh, that we need to lean on because he's there to do all of the things that I mentioned. One other note about the woodshed. Um, the woodshed is a thing when people walk away from God and they're, that's a believer. And even unbelievers will go to the woodshed because Jesus said, uh, he that doesn't know God's will will be beaten with, uh, with uh, fewer stripes. And he that knows God's will will be beaten with many. So that's the woodshed. God takes us to his woodshed. Now, if we continue to not listen, some people will not make it out of the woodshed. There's a lot of people who go into the woodshed and don't make it out. And that's what he was saying to the young man that was committing fornication in First Corinthians chapter 5 and, uh, you know, involved with his father's wife uh, that was his stepfather. But he was in church and publicly committing sin and boasting about it. And uh, the Apostle Paul said, deliver such a one over to Satan for the destruction of his body, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. So Paul was saying the woodshed for him is going to be destruction. He's going to die uh, because he's not repenting. But in Second Corinthians, he ended up repenting, and that's what God wants us to do. You know, John the Baptist says, bring forth the, the fruit of repentance. It's, it's not enough to just say, I've repented but you've got to bring forth fruit of repentance. That's, that's critical. So hopefully um, some of the things I've said has been uh, encouragement to you. Absolutely, and, and God bless you and Brother Gary. And I just say very quickly in closing that there, there are never enough words in a million years that I could ever say to tell you what your ministry has meant to me, how it's changed me, how it fortifies me, how I wait every week at this it's the most important hour in my life, and God bless you both. Well, thank you. And keep, keep us in prayer, and as well as get some people out there to support us, because we need the yes. prayers of the saints. We also need the financial support as well. So thank you. God bless you. Well, all right. We still have a little time. Let's get Brother Rick on the line. Brother Rick, how are you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? I'm feeling better. Thank, thank the Lord. Sounds oh, good. 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 Glad that you're feeling better. Um, uh, let's get right and to your question. We really need this series right now. And oh, uh, yes, well, before, you go, before you get into what I have to say about the series, let me ask my question. Okay. It, it, okay. In John 14, 2, Jesus says, in my, I go to prepare a place for you. And then he says, in my house are many mansions. What does he mean by that? That's a good question, Brother Rick. Well, the in the Greek, the word uh, mansion is not mansion. It's mone, M-O-N-A, mone. Make a note of that. And mone is a reference for dwelling place. And... Uh, what Jesus was referring to, and a lot of preachers and a lot of people have misinterpreted this and in, uh, interpreted it to refer to 
heaven, uh, that they're going to have mansions in heaven and everything like that. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying that, um, that he's talking about Monet, which is referring to dwelling place on earth. Because you remember in Matthew 5 and verse 5, the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the, the, uh, the, the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So uh, when Jesus comes back, uh, I mean, when a believer dies, their soul is absent from the body and the presence of the Lord in heaven. But when Jesus comes back, he's going to bring the soul and recreate the body that was in the grave and bring back again the DNA and connect the body to the soul. And then we will be on earth with him. Uh, uh, the uh, Garden of Eden that was lost is the, going to be the Garden of Eden recreated. So we will dwell in, uh, on earth in dwelling places with Christ. And this is what it's talking about because when you look at the history of God dealing with his people, it was always the tabernacle on earth, the temple on earth. And then the Bible says there will, in Revelation, there will be a new heaven and a new earth coming down from heaven. So a lot of preachers, many preachers have misinterpreted this and given people the wrong information about it. But it's talking about Monet referring to on earth when Jesus comes back and he will have a place for us uh, there. So hopefully that is giving some additional insight. It's a new perspective, but we need to learn from new perspectives many times. All right, well, we need to take a quick commercial break. We can come back and uh, finish up with Brother Rick. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, The Spirit of the Bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open, and we do want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone and give us a call. Um, we are so blessed and um, thankful for all of you who have been faithful listeners to Contending for the Faith. We've been on the air for quite a long time. And many of you, many of you have been with us from day one. And uh, we just can't thank you enough for your faithfulness, for being faithful in prayer, as well as being faithful in your giving. Uh, we need both areas to maintain this broadcast. And we just can't, uh, once again, thank you enough for all that you do and how diligent you are. So we want to say, uh, keep doing what you're doing so that we can keep doing what we're doing. There's two ways that you can donate. 
You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. And the second way, once again, it's so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. It's uh, it's so easy to do. And we also want to encourage you that if uh, to consider having Dr. Buckner come out to your church and uh, do a seminar. He's done that in many uh, Bay Area churches, and the uh, response has been phenomenal. So it's a great opportunity to have him come out and. Uh, talk to your congregation about apologetics, to talk to your co- a congregation or do a seminar. He's done uh, a multiple day seminars on various topics, including the Trinity, the, the uh, Israelite, uh, Hebrew Israelite cult and others. And each time it's just blessed those, those congregations and those communities. We want to encourage you. This is a great thing to do to get him out and to, uh, really um, encourage and equip your congregation. Many of the pastors are great pastors in our communities, and but they aren't experts in the field of apologetics and providing reasons and answers for faith. And so they need to bring in people like Dr. Buckner to, to strengthen and fortify their congregations to help them to be equipped to give those reasons and answers. There's, so if that's you and you're interested you can give Dr. Buckner a call at area code 415-721-1778. That's area code 415-721-1778. I would encourage you to, to take advantage of this opportunity and have him come out. It'll, you'll be blessed. All right, Dr. Buckner, we were uh, on the phone with Rick. Yes, uh, Brother Rick, are you still there? Uh, yes, I am. And I, I just want to say I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really blessed by the message tonight. And, and, and oh, it's val- I find it very validating because, uh, you know, becoming a Christian, we, lo- we learn the truth in black and white. What we're getting in today's world, we're getting a lot of gray stuff. And it creates a lot of confusion. So something, something is wrong with that picture. And uh, one of the things I found very interesting in my own testimony when I was in the New Age they told me that one of my biggest problems is I'm too black and white, mm-hmm. and I need to get, I need to get a little bit more gray and mellow out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I find well, I find something wrong with that picture. Yeah, you you have to let them know that I'm not into black and white nor gray. I'm into bl- the red, the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's the thing that's going to cleanse us from all of our sins and bring us to a real understanding of everything. But your words of is, is very encouraging. And Sophia, uh, we see why the enemy was attacking us so much because he knew that uh, people like yourself was going to be blessed by this message and others. So thank you so much, Brother Rick, and we appreciate that. We're going to get to some other callers before the time is out, but God bless you, brother, and uh, keep you. God bless. All right. Well, thank you. uh, Brother Jermaine's been waiting. 
Brother Jermaine, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Oh, good. Good to hear your voice, my brother. Well, let's get to your question so we can uh, use it wisely, and we got to take one more caller after you. So what's what's on your heart tonight? Yeah, I just had to, um, I wanted to ask you about Isaiah 45 and 7. It talks about God uh, creating the good and the evil. Uh, I read that to a cousin of mine who is a confessed Christian, goes to church and all, but she didn't know that scripture was there. And I'm not going to fault her for not having perfect recall, but a lot of Christians seem to be surprised by that statement because they see God as a God of love and, and good, and he wouldn't do something like that. But yet the Bible clearly states it. I know there's a certain context and a purpose. I wanted to see if you can kind of break that down with, with uh, whatever time you have available of what is evil to God. Oh, good. Very good question, Jermaine. And this is a verse of Scripture that has been caused a lot of confusion. And what we're going to try to do tonight is take the fusion out of confusion here. Uh, and Oratori, the great prince among creatures, said, a text taken out of its context becomes a pretext for error. So we want to try to make sense out of this. Well, um, when you look at the this verse of Scripture, um, uh, it's, it's God uh, in the background dealing with Israel, and uh, he is telling them that they will be blessed by him if they be obedient. But if they are not obedient, uh, they will uh, suffer uh, punishment and evil and judgment. And so, and of course, they kept doing things contrary to God. So God would allow uh, evil to come upon them and even uh, allow uh, pagan nations and uh, kingdoms to come upon them and take them to the woodshed. Now, when you look at Isaiah 45 and 7, uh, let me uh, read this, um, 45-7. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. That's the thing that a lot of people have problem with. I, the Lord, do all of these things. Now, um, when we look at this in the Hebrew, now, I thank God that I've learned Hebrew uh, and I learned it also from a Jewish rabbi. I went to uh, seminary and learned Hebrew, but I learned uh, Hebrew from a Jewish rabbi. But when we look at the uh, Hebrew word here, it's not the word evil. The word in Hebrew is advers adversity, affliction, distress, disaster, um, and this is what you get in the word there for evil, because really when you look at um, James 1 and 13, it said, let no man say when, for when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt he any man. So God here is saying, now, now the King James Version, I love it, I use it all the time, but it's not the best translation. The older translations are more accurate. King James is, is good. I use it and I preach with it. But the word here is adversity, affliction, distress, misery. God has allowed that upon the people, and it was a type of evil coming upon them from the, the, the Lord allowing the enemies to come upon them. Now, 
this is a good way to put this scripture. So make a note of this. I want everybody to make a note of this. You can always write down for Isaiah 45 and uh, verse 7. Write this down. God, he allows the uh, potential for evil, but man actualizes it. So when you look at the Garden of Eden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it's interesting. I was going to do a study on that uh, on the radio, but I, the Lord let me hear. But when it says uh, God created uh, 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 the trees in the midst of the garden, isn't it interesting that he created also the tree of knowledge in the midst of the the good trees? Why did he do that? Because God created the potential for evil, but Adam and Eve actualize it. Because what God was doing was simply putting a law there and saying, I'm going to see how much you love me. You're going to be obedient to me. You're going to be faithful and loyal to me. And God does that today with us, with Jesus and with the law on the highways and everything like that. So basically this is what it's saying in a nutshell. Uh, and hopefully I've added some additional light to that. King James Version was based upon the Texas Receptus, and that's a good translation, but not the best, you know, like Sinaiticus, Kodak Vanicatus, and Beza. Uh, it's like the oldest translations we have, and it's like the more accurate. So anyway, hopefully that helps Brother Jermaine and, and gives you some insight into that passage of Scripture. Yeah, I think it's uh, self-explanatory as well, because I think the word evil is obviously a translation, because parents do the same thing. It's called the belt of my day. It's all kinds of things that could be evil. Thank you. That was absolutely. And what he will do is take, you know, like you put this together with Joseph in Genesis 50, when he was talking to his brothers after all the evil they had did to him, and God allowed it, right? But he says, what you intended for evil, God brought good. Oh, that fits into this right on target. Well, thank you, Brother Jermaine. We're going to try to get to Craig. Thank you for always your good questions. God bless you. God All right, let's go. Craig, are you there? You say Hello, that Brother Craig. are going to get a lot. Yeah, hi. So you say that things are going to get a lot worse. And um, in the state of affairs of the world, I hear you say that. So why do you say that? And can you be more specific on what kinds of things are going to get get a lot more worse? Well, that's a good question, Craig. Uh, it's, it's, I say it because Jesus said it. And uh, in the Olivet Discourse, you have a local prophecy and you have a prophetic prophecy. A lot of expositories just will put it in the local frame of work but I see it as a local and futuristic uh, prophecies that Jesus gives. And so when you look at Matthew chapter 24, you know, the Oliver Discourse there, Jesus talks about when they asked him about uh, the end, when will the end be and what will be the signs of the end? And then he gets into all of these points where he talks about, uh, nations shall rise against nations of Matthew 24 and 7 um, and kingdom against kingdom and uh, famine pestilences and earthquakes and diverse places 
And then he even gets into earlier false Christ. We have that constantly happening and false teachers. And then he gets into, as it gets, time goes further on, that he talks about the abomination desolation. I believe that that is referring to Second uh, Thessalonians, uh, you know, chapter 2, when the, the, the Antichrist, when he gets into the temple and proclaims to be God. So the abomination desolation uh, is, as it gets at worse, as it gets worse, it's going to get worse and worse as time go. So, uh, and, and, and so look at Matthew chapter 24. It gets into that. Get into Second um, Timothy uh, chapter 4, where Paul talks about the last days, and also Timothy and his earlier writings to Timothy. It lays all this out, and Peter lays it out. Uh, they all lay out that as time go, things will get worse. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of Son of Man. And he lays out what they will be doing. So uh, hopefully that gives some additional insight. I'm just telling you what Jesus says, and he says it's going to get worse. It has to, because that's where, where we're going to get to the war of Armageddon mentioned in Revelation. And the war of Armageddon is going to be so bad, uh, that's going to be World War III. And then the end is going to come. Gary? All right. Well, I've, I hear the music playing in the background. It's time for yeah. us to, to get down the road. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. And we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, and encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how the program has blessed you. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.